0: You're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. How often do we really sit down and listen to TAFE students speaking about their life priorities and the sort of career they'd like to plan? It seems like as an industry we've done a great job of providing work for TAFE students, but we could do a lot better at listening to the next wave of professionals coming through to see where their heads are at. Earlier this year, I was able to travel to Tamworth as an Australian Institute of Horticulture Council member, along with our President Alan Burnell, our Vice President Andrew Prowse, the State Lead for TAFE Wales Skill Excellence Network in Agribusiness and Supply Chain Kate Lowe, and Gardening Australia presenter Clarence Slocky. The purpose of the trip was to present TAFE New South Wales graduate Nathan Watson with his award for AIH Student of the Year last year, which he wasn't able to receive in person. As part of this trip, we visited the classroom of the teacher that nominated Nathan, Sue Wood, who's now also a fellow member of our National Council for the Australian Institute of Horticulture. While we were there, I interviewed seven of her students about their passion and vision for their horticulture careers. So, we're here with Brenda Wilson now. So, you're studying for a Cert 3 in horticulture. Why?
1: Um, I think for me personally, I love it. I always have loved plants. Um, It's taken me a little while to get back to this just because I've never had an opportunity um, earlier in my life to pursue it. I really feel strongly about giving back to the planet and really, I really want to pursue. bush regeneration, revegetation, even restorative farming, all of that. Um, but, yeah, I love it. It's amazing. It's constantly evolving and you're just always learning. It's very cool.
0: <laughs> so cool. So you've come from a background in hospitality. So you used to be a chef, right?
1: Yes, yeah. I um, When I left school, I was 17 and I went straight into an apprenticeship um, and that ended up leading to... A 20 year long career in hospitality, mm. owning restaurants, all the rest of it. Um, when I was about 21, I tried to study horticulture, but I just had to go and work full time. Uh, so that, that eventuated to nothing because yeah. <laughs> I had to make a living. So we went yeah. back to hospitality. But um, yeah, like, so I'm taking a different, I'm later in life and taking a different yeah. career path. I
0: think that's really good. I think that a lot of people hold back from doing that. But at the end of the day, we're all going to die, aren't we?
1: That's exactly right, yeah. And it's something I love. I've always loved it. It's always intrigued me. So being able to take a different path now and pursue it and know that I love it, and like I said, I'm constantly learning, it's, um, it's great.
0: I think that there's a temptation there, like I'm thinking about myself in your shoes let's say you know i know i have a passion for plants and i also have this experience in hospitality the the temptation might be to you know come try and combine those two things but it sounds like really what you're most passionate about is the regeneration and the bush and the habitat and stuff like that is that right
1: oh absolutely yeah like it's there there definitely is a um there definitely is an opening to you know create gardens for restaurants or whatever it may be so that people can literally walk out the back and pick what they need. Mm. Um, but I feel like the planet's just so neglected in so many ways that mm. if I can just give a little bit yeah. <laughs> and help contribute towards bringing it back, yeah. I, I find that really satisfying.
0: I think that that takes a lot of bravery to cut loose and then just begin something afresh. So I have to salute you to that.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's very scary. But mm. like I said, it's it's great when you yeah. love what you do.
0: I think I can see you've got so much confidence and you've got so much drive so I think that it's going to work out for you. Like where do you see yourself like let's fast forward 10 years or 20 years like what do you where are you what are you doing?
1: Well, well it depends on who you ask so <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because my husband has a great job down the coast not far from here and um, well, we're inland we're not even on the coast anymore but um I personally would love to go you know, Northern Territory, middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, I would just love to go somewhere where you know, even if I can get in and work with Indigenous people on learning about the land and being able to, um, yeah, just oh, learn, give back, do something. But. um mm. Yeah, that could be a very long-distance relationship (laughs) if I end up in the Northern Territory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. But, um, yeah. So
0: what about around here? Like, what is it about the Northern Territory that attracts you whereas, you know, the native plants and Indigenous people around here, um, you know, like, is there a difference there? Is it the culture? What's the go?
1: Um, For me, I did a lot of travelling around Western Queensland, working on cattle stations and things. Um, I personally love the quiet and the open spaces and like our country is so vast with, Mm. um, I don't know, like with the plants, with the landscape, with levels of rainfall, all the rest of it, that it's constantly changing and it's just amazing. Like I love being out in the quiet, in the open space. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Mind you, I'm sure you can find it here if you go a few hours west, but I do find that it's quite busy.
0: And also, I think you just vibe with where you vibe with. Like on the top end, like you said, rain. Well, you'll find it up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, having a walk around the Botanic Gardens today, um, you can really see the effect that the dry has had. And the, I think that there's a few plants and trees just in the in the gardens there that they've just they've just lost it. And they'll just hold on to that moisture as long as they can. And then almost overnight, sometimes they're just gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really sad when yeah. you see that. Like mm. I was working out in Longreach in, and they'd had eight years of drought mm. and you could see where the Catherine Channels ran and that had been dry for so long and when you see the eucalypts just dropping off mm. because, mm. you know, they can only drop so many limbs or mm. whatever it may be and then you go, oh, wow, this is like a graveyard. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you just go, yeah. and you see some that are like you could easily see that they're over a 100 years old and... There's nothing left.
0: Yeah, that's kind of heavy, but I guess that's probably the point of what you're trying to say is Mm -hmm. that this is the problem that you've identified that you'd like to devote your life to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's amazing how often you can go through a day and not recognise things. Like I know that coming from a hospitality background where you get from A to B and you're busy and you're in the zone and you don't take time to look at your surroundings and your environment, that when... You do take that opportunity, and you look, and you take it in, and you start yeah. questioning what's going yeah. on there. A whole other world opens. Yeah.
0: yeah well said. Well said. What about Sue? Is she a good teacher.
1: Sue's the best. Yeah. We love Sue. Yeah. Like yeah. she's she's awesome. She puts things in layman's terms. You're not afraid to ask questions. Like really, we all laugh about pronouncing binomial names and all the rest of it we all we all have crack but no she's really supportive and she's a wealth of knowledge so yeah it's pretty amazing
0: i think i think so just having been in the classroom today just sort of hearing her she's very inclusive it's the sort of classroom that i really thrive in where it's like open discussions and anyone can butt in at any time and be like oh well this is my experience or i have this question it's not like i remember being in high school and it was like sit down shut up uh, just tell me the dates and tell me the names, and I'll tell you whether you were right or wrong. And that's not really the—that's not really going to teach us what we need to live in the real world, is it?
1: No, not at all. Yeah. So it's amazing because I find that when when I sit and you know me being forty two and a long time since I've been in a learning environment, um, but I learn by interacting or mm-hmm. hands on. And when somebody's just talking at you, mm-hmm. I kind of just glaze over and go nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think that that's why i like tafe is so much more like that i think because i went to university as well and uh in university you know you have 300 people in the lecture with you or you know 100 people in the lecture with you um you know all looking at this lecture and there's really no room for discussion whereas in tafe it really does seem like there's just that openness um you know this it's much more practical it's you know um Yeah, it sort of caters to people who, I mean, maybe don't just get it straight away. And, you know, if someone like me, you know, maybe I don't get it straight away. So I I would need that support from someone like Sue.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, like, I'm very much, like, hands-on learning. Yeah. I did try and do... a TAFE course like during COVID that mm. was oh, just on the computer, you know, I don't know what they call it, that distance learning distance, kind of thing. Yeah. And
0: That's been hard for a lot of people.
1: Oh, my gosh, it was particularly
0: so- <laughs> with horticulture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was so tricky. Yeah. I was Googling how to pronounce some names because I would not have a, the faintest no. idea on how to say something. Yeah. So yeah, I found that really, um, that was really tricky. So mm. here, like it's good because. Like you said, if you have a question, you can just be open about it and um, practical. You can see, you can talk, you can just be very open. Yeah.
0: And Thanks so much for your time, Brenda.
1: No worries. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm here with Caitlin Pace now. G'day, Caitlin. How are you going?
2: Good. How are you going?
0: Yeah, good. So we had on the board today, I noticed we had Cation Exchange... That's
2: always fun, isn't it? Oh, my God. It
0: was fun. <laughs> Can you explain cation exchange in two sentences for the listeners? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a correct answer. <laughs> um, so, why horticulture?
2: Oh, horses. We were interested in plants as I was pretty little, playing with them, wrecking them. When yeah. I was a bit younger, wanted to know why. Like, why trees technically bleed, mm. um, how we think they're so old. And my friend was in Hort. We work at the same place. And I was like, oh, I should probably do that, get to know a bit more about what I'm actually doing.
0: That's cool. And you're also working in a nursery as well. Was that a production nursery or a wholesale nursery? Or oh, retail. 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 Yeah, yeah, cool. So I guess what has learning here brought to the table that you probably wouldn't have had access to if you weren't studying?
2: Well, I don't have to bullshit the customers. Like, I know what, yeah. I know what I'm talking about with them. It's <laughs> not just like, this is a nice plant. and you should water it maybe once or twice a week. You get to tell them why, what should be put there, what's the best for them.
0: And what soil and all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, all the fun things that they don't want to know about.
0: No, no, they're in one ear, ear, out the other. And I suppose that's probably why it's good to also stretch ourselves with the stuff like the cation exchange. Like I couldn't explain it to you, but I know generally that some things stick (laughs) stick to the particles and some things repel.
2: Yeah, they either stick together or they're forced together by gravity. Yeah,
0: that's right. So what about your future? Tell me a little bit about your future and where you're going. Like what is this qualification going to mean for you moving forward?
2: Mm, so hopefully it will be um, my boss is, is retiring and like sooner I would like to run a business and I've just always been like that, stock markets, anything, I've loved it. Um, and investing in something that's actually going to be around for a long time, which our nursery will be. They're always going to need people that want mm-hmm. plants, always. Mm-hmm. So it's something worthy of investing in is something that I'm interested in.
0: So, that's going to be a big shift from being, you know, um, working underneath somebody to having to suddenly step up and then you're in charge and everything's going to be on your shoulders and you've got to bring it into the 21st century because things are changing.
2: Yeah, I think that helps. Well, it just doesn't always help that you're young, but because I'm young, I'm growing up with what they want as well. Like, So, if you're a bit older, you might not want indoors anymore when they're coming back in now, which we see, I'm happy more for change. Mm-hmm. And like I generally like leading things mm-hmm. in general, so running a business would be awesome. But with TAFE, the people that came in today, we had people in their fields who've done it for many years longer than we have. So you always you want to be around people who've done it before you, who do it better. If you're earning twenty grand, they're earning like forty grand. You're gonna to want to know why and how. Mm-hmm. You always want to be someone
0: more experienced than you in that. Mm. Hopefully, um, I would say hopefully you're earning sixty grand or above. Or hopefully, even seventy grand. I'd say as a as someone who's been doing it for a while. I mean, and, and even that's not much money. Like I'd really like to see that raise a lot more, particularly mm. seeing as how hard we've worked and the skills that we've got.
2: Oh yeah, nah, I'd love a
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that um, I think it's going to happen in the future. I mean, it's simple supply and demand. Um, mm. You know, we're in a staff shortage crisis at the moment. And I think, uh, you know, just just like learning about the soil, learning about the biology, learning about the, you know, and you're also doing a business side Mm -hmm. too as well. Can you tell me about the business qualification that you're going for?
2: Oh, so it's only just about the start, but as long as, like, I don't want to go on selling blindly. Mm. Um, You learn business, you learn how, like, the laws you need in place, how you're going to run it well without anyone can run a business, but you can't run it well. Mm. And so you're hopefully getting around people who have run businesses or obviously are qualified for it. Mm. It's, like, more smarter than just, mm. like, a bull in a china shop.
0: That's it. So you're you're putting in the legwork now to set up your future, and I think that's really fantastic to see. Um, something I'm actually quite jealous of because, you know, I I never knew what I wanted to do. I just sort of followed whatever the next step was in front of me, trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do.
2: Yeah, well, kind of, always do that. You look like bambi walking, but I'll yeah. get there eventually. <laughs> like, your foundation is what you've got to build, and yeah. if you find something you like, and obviously you have now, yeah. like, you just strengthen that foundation and then anything you build on top of it's it going to succeed because you've got the groundwork for it mm.
0: so tell me what's the name of the nursery by the way
2: Ah, uh, Fiddle street nursery
0: and what does fiddle street fiddle street philip street what does philip street nursery look like you know 10 20 years 30 years in the future what will you be selling uh who will you be serving
2: oh i hope we got a bigger indoor selection mm-hmm. generally love well, mm-hmm. it's a little wide and that we used to have a lot of it um like what we do now is we fill sell to like farmers and um landscape companies and that's always good because they're always going to need it but people in town who don't know what they're doing who are young and even some that are like teenagers coming into work and they're like i've just found out that these plants and i like them Mm -hmm. i can nurture that person who's coming in and like they're just teenagers coming past and walking by you get to help grow that for them and that passion in them
0: Mm. so so reaching into new markets yeah and what about, like, marketing? Do you do any social media or is that on the horizon maybe in the future?
2: Yeah. Well, our, our boss and, and my manager, she, oh, she's amazing at taking photos for the nursery and she loves doing that and I'm just mm. pestering her around <laughs> and seeing what she does and learning that. Yeah, very
0: cool. Thanks so much for your time, Caitlin. Great interview. Thank you. Thank you, mate. So now we're having a chat with David Callard. How are you going, mate?
3: Yeah, not bad, thanks.
0: That's good. So, can you tell me a little bit about like what's drawn you to horticulture? Tell me about your path into this career.
3: Well, I just purchased a property. We've moved up from Tamworth to Tamworth from Sydney, and I've got a fairly big yard. But I've always wanted to learn how to maintain it. I've done a bit of vegetable gardening, and uh, that's really been my experience in the past. But I really want to learn more about how to actually make my garden bloom and. Recently, I've taken on some work through my wife, who's a real estate, works in real estate, and she's given me the opportunity to do a bit of yard maintenance work and things like that. And so I'm just looking to find ways that are, I, I guess, can open up opportunities in town it's a really great town for that.
0: And so you're studying for a Cert Three in horticulture, right?
3: Uh, correct, yes.
0: And how do you think that that qualification is going to help you in that career path?
3: I think it's going to help me in many ways identifying different um, soils and uh, different plant varieties uh, that will work in the area because not everything will grow in Tamworth that might say grow in Sydney or Brisbane or Melbourne. And uh, also I'm ready to study landscape as well. So both of these um, are being offered through the Tamworth TAFE. And I think that that's a really good opportunity at the moment because it's actually being totally subsidised by the government, which was another really deciding factor in me choosing to do Cert 3 at the moment because it was totally free. Uh, But other than that, yeah, I've always had a bit of an interest in gardening, but now I should hopefully by the end of this year and finishing this certificate have the knowledge to be able to put it into use.
0: Well said. I think that the soil thing, you know, we we saw some cation exchange up there. That's pretty heavy stuff on the board. (laughs) How do you like that? Did you, I mean, I still have no idea about cation exchange.
3: I did not know anything about part like the ionization of soil and it never crossed my mind until this morning. But... I Googled it just to try to get my head around it, and it's still sort of like another language to me. Maybe I'll understand it by the end, but I'm not 100% confident because even people who have been doing it a long time, still I'm not sure I have their head around it.
0: (laughs) No, I'm like that. I did understand it at one point, but, um, you know, I think that – and even these things like learning about them, it's given me the context to understand other things. So even though I can't tell you which particles stick to the soil and under which circumstances – I understand that that process is happening. So that's something that I have to take into account as a horticulturist. So I, I'm also a maintenance gardener. So I've done that for 10 years. I think um, that you knowing about these, these the, you know, this not you having this knowledge is going to be something that separates you from other maintenance gardeners. You know, some people can just come and mow the lawn. That's great. And, you know, we all will always need people like that. And then some people can mow the lawn and then provide feedback to the clients to just be like, hey, did you notice this issue?
3: Yeah, and that's something that I think uh, we were discussing in the class earlier today because one of the guys has a lawn mowing business as well and he's um, really looking to be able to give that advice because that's potentially not just where more money is but more knowledge for yourself and for the client, uh, being able to differentiate between different weed varieties and what um, chemicals to use to treat things and really um, how to actually not just like say cut or mow lawn and things like that but maintain it um, and and being able to spot um, disease and things like that and that's going to be something that I think would really differentiate myself from maybe probably most of the people around town who are running a lawn mowing business.
0: Absolutely so you can put um, you know qualified horticulturist on your business and not many people can say that.
3: Yep that too and by the end I think of next year I'll also be able to be a qualified landscaper, which will be something pretty tremendous as well.
0: I think that a lot of landscapers don't have that plant knowledge. And again, that's just going to be something that separates you. You know, you're going to be able to install landscapes and plants and you're going to be able to say, hey, this is going to last.
3: Yeah, and that's something that I really am excited about. I mean, I've um, done a variety of work around Tamworth since moving here in a year. But one of the things I did was just walking around um, actually delivering phone books and I saw some of the properties there and some of the ones that we've got in East Hamworth are really nice and big palatial Mm -hmm. properties but you see some of the plant varieties and some of the things they have there and um, for people who actually do know what they're doing there's a lot of opportunity there and I think um, yeah, if you know what you're doing um, and like TAFE is providing us with this opportunity to get this knowledge and skill set I think that it's going to become really beneficial in the long term for myself and um, for the Tamworth area, for people who want to learn about this sort of thing.
0: You brought up such an interesting point there, David. So you said these properties, they're magnificent properties, but when the owners look at the plants, it's almost like they don't know what they're looking at. So. There's this concept that I really like. It's called the green wall. And that's what people see before they know what they're looking at. So, it's just a jumble of green. And as long as it's green, everything's all fine. But then when you start learning those skills, you can never look at it the same again. You start noticing these little mistakes and you start noticing health problems and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, simple fix. I can make that look so much better. Or let's get rid of that completely and put something much better in there.
3: Yeah, and that's um, when uh, we're tying in with landscaping in the future, I think will be something that's really beneficial is be able to have that plant variety knowledge of what actually will go because sometimes I think like we saw um, people like they see something on the TV or, uh, and they really think, oh, that looks really good and the nurseries will sell it, but six months later it will be out of style and it really isn't native to this area and it just and it won't take, it won't grow. Um, But people see it, it's the latest flash thing on TV and they've got to have it, but they just don't understand what's actually required and whether it will actually last in the Tamworth climate.
0: That's such an interesting point. So let's fast forward 10 or 20 years. Like Like what does your life look like as a horticulturist and a landscaper?
3: I'd like to be having my own successful business, Uh, hopefully my own yard is beautified significantly from what it is now and I've really brought it up to its full potential because I feel like my house really has that potential to be beautiful but I've just got to learn the right skill set and knowledge to be able to bring it up to that and that's really what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think that yeah, like um, within that time frame hopefully my business has grown um, significantly. And I'm able to, yeah, who knows where it can take me. I mean, I'm in Tamworth now. I mean, some of these people have gone around the world with it. So um, it's really, yeah, it's, I guess, the future is anyone's guess. But, yeah, i hopefully um, find the full potential that I can out of the, um, being a horticulturalist.
0: Wonderful. Well said. Thank you so much for your time, David.
3: Thank you very much.
0: I'm here with Naomi Stingle. G'day, Naomi. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. So, can you please tell me a little bit about, like, where are you coming from? Like, uh, tell me a little bit about, like, what has brought you to horticulture?
4: Well, what has brought me to horticulture would be, like, um, mainly my tree change from Melbourne to Moonby to start with. Like, after the lockdown, um, we decided to move um, and... I guess moving from city life to country life definitely brought me to horticulture because, um, like having that, um, mindset of being like dependent on like more dependent on like the food in like the grocery stores and all that, like that definitely changed my mindset and made me want to grow my own food. And yeah, so I was definitely surrounded by a lot more, um, self-sustainable people and like that kind of stuff and I had already had a big interest in flowers and um floral design I started my own business when I was um 12 and yeah I just found that growing my own flowers was just my passion and I yeah
0: I think you're really lucky to have already figured out when you were so young what your passion is. Like that wasn't my story at all. It really took me a long time to sort of figure it out. So I think that's so cool. And I think that there's a bit of a myth that everybody has to focus on, you know, getting their grade 12 certificate. Like was that your path or did you have a different path for yourself?
4: Um, At first I definitely did have that kind of mindset to want to get that grade 12 certificate and all that. But then my whole like focus just changed like I it all just like shifted like as soon as I found that passion yeah, yeah.
0: so you knew what you wanted to do and then you've just it you just struck me as somebody who has just grabbed it like you didn't wait for someone else's permission you've really just taken the bull by the horns
4: yeah definitely also having um encouragement from both my parents was definitely helpful like that they, they were very con- encouraging and supportive
0: So tell me about your course, like you're studying for a a qualification in horticulture.
4: Yeah. So I'm doing a horticulture um, course set three and it's been really great. Like um, being only like 17 doing this course, like I'm definitely surrounded by a lot of knowledgeable people and I love just being able to pick on their thoughts and ideas on the horticultural industry and everything. Yeah.
0: It's really wonderful to see. You're in floristry. So, it seems like you've got the knowledge of the plants, you know what's going on in the soil and growing the plants, and now you also have the aesthetics of um, you know the cut flowers and you're in you have your own wedding flower business. So tell me about that skill set. Like how do those two skills work together for you in your career?
4: Um, they definitely like Like recognising plants, for example, like I'm able to recognise so many more like flower varieties and um, it definitely helps a lot like when I'm foraging for flowers, like when I'm not wanting to buy them, like it's definitely great to know which ones are like... (laughs)
0: That's so cool. So like it's really about the identification and it's about the um, – and it's about like so you're actually foraging your own plants as well. It's not just, um, you know, you're not just like a retail shop that's sort of going and buying cut flowers from another grower. You're really like just hands in the dirt really figuring it all out for yourself.
4: Yeah. I, I definitely prefer foraging if I can because, one, it's better for the environment than getting your flowers all shipped to yeah. you. And yeah, it's a lot more. And, and it also, like, it, it makes me so happy doing it, <laughs> like just finding, like, pot of gold. And, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So if you had to pick um, maybe, you know, a, f- a favourite floral bouquet, would you be able to name a few flowers that would be in your list of favourites?
4: Yeah, definitely love the natives. Like, they've always been a good favourite. They're long-lasting. They're not really heavy drinkers, so they're easy to work with. So I love the pro tiers, the... Bruni, I the um, straw flowers are nice as well. Yeah.
0: Cool. Very cool. And what about your future? Where, where do you, I mean, you're so young, you're 17. You said, right, it's your birthday today. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So what's your future look like? Where do you see yourself in, you know, uh, 10 years, 20 years time? Are you going to be running your own business um, with the floral thing or do you think you'll be growing the flowers and selling them? Like wh- what's your future look like?
4: Yeah. Well, my, my dream has always been to grow my own flowers for my brides. And yeah, it's, definitely always been a passion to do that like and once I get the knowledge and the skill set to do that I'm just gonna go for it and yeah I've already got um the business for it and yeah
0: that's wonderful I think you're in the right place to learn that (laughs) (laughs) thanks thank you so much Naomi
4: thanks Daniel
0: so I'm here with Rami Cedric how you going mate
5: good how you doing
0: good bro so look we're studying, you're studying horticulture here for the Cert 3. Yes. What is it that's led you to this path?
5: I uh, Always had a fascination and interest with the plant and the natural world. I um, never pursued it as a career and ended up doing a completely different career. And yeah, the time finally came to, to pursue my passion. And yeah, here I am doing it, not as a career, at least at this stage, but just doing it for my own personal uh, interest and, and knowledge. And yeah,
0: so, you know, what were you studying before this?
5: Um, I actually went to uni. I did a law and social science degree um, and I worked very briefly as a solicitor before uh, leaving that field and then kind of going into community and youth work. Um, yeah. So, is that, are you bringing any
0: of these skills with you into your new role or are you forgetting about that life and you're starting a new one?
5: Yeah. Um, Oh, look! I'll, no, I think I'll I'll bring a certain skill set from my from my previous uh, lines of work. Um, you know, even if it's just like basic things like critical thinking, or yeah, just like being able to analyze something or whatever. Yeah,
0: people skills too, I people suppose.
5: Skills, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, I've you know worked on a bunch of different programs and like designing program logic and that sort of thing, and I think a lot of a lot of that stuff is transferable and applicable. Mm.
0: So you're academically minded, would you say? Yes. So I think a lot of horticulturists aren't that way. So as a as a as a you know an academically minded person, tell me about how is it studying horticulture? Like, is it easy or is it? Uh, you know, what, what's your thoughts
5: there? Yeah, it's interesting that that you asked that, and I was I was like, oh, you know, is is this going to be challenging or stimulating? Um enough for me but it's it's a whole different knowledge set and because I considered doing like studying botany or something as well and kind of like trying to figure out yeah what the difference is between like a botanist and a horticulturalist and you know like something that I always found missing in uni was was the practical aspect Mm. like um a lot of it was quite theory focused and theory has its place but what I like about TAFE is that um yeah you get that practical knowledge which i think is is really is really awesome and like yeah there's still the academic or theory side it may not be as present as say in a a university context but like yeah just different fields require different different things and like i think horticulture or from what i'm getting like there's still a lot of technical and academic stuff in it as well like it's yeah, it's really multifaceted, and I think that that's part of what I, why, why I'm really interested in it too. I'm like, oh, cool. It's just it's not just like textbook stuff the whole time. There yeah. is like we go out, and yeah. you know, I never did that at uni where we went out into like the garden and did stuff. It was all like lecture halls, and you know, like yeah, a lot of theory. And then when you, when you leave uni and you start working in the field, you're like, oh, where's all this <laughs> stuff they were supposed to teach me at uni? Whereas <laughs> here, I think like they cater to that. Like yeah. so, yeah.
0: I think that's really well said. Um, I've been joking with a few other people about the cat exchange diagram that you had on the board. <laughs> like yeah. that's just like it's not easy stuff to understand.
5: No, and I think like, like yeah, people often have this misconception about TAFE or like that it's – or like that uni somehow better or like – but I don't think that's the case at all and I think like yeah, Like sometimes you're at a disadvantage going going to uni versus coming to, to TAFE and like learning more, like learning more hands on. And you know, if I was interested in more the theory or research side of plants, I would probably go to uni and pursue botany, but I'm more interested in, in the kind of practical, like hands on application of it. So mm. that's where I think its relevance is. But yeah, there, there's still heaps of like technical, complex stuff. Like when we talked about it today, and I'm mm. gonna go home and research <laughs> what, what we looked at today because I was like, all right, like I. I don't actually get this. I need to go home and, like, that's not my background science or chemistry or anything. Um, so, like, that, it's a massive learning curve for me.
0: And um, I should qualify as well, like, this is day one of learning cation exchange. Like, th- you don't have to get it on day one. Like, we're going to take some time and get through it because it's, it's a dense subject. Like, um, but going back to the practical side of things, like, can you tell us about some of the practical activities that you've done here at TAFE that have really sort of um, helped you understand the art and science of plant care?
5: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm only two weeks into my course, so uh, you know, like, haven't done. I missed the first week because I, I wasn't in uh, Tamworth, but um, you know, even just last week, one of the first things we did was we we went outside and we like, they showed us how to how to test soil pH, and I get that that's something basic, but already an example of doing something really mm-hmm. practical and hands on in just the first week. And I was like, yeah, I kind of already knew this, but just doing it, seeing it done, and Mm. you know that was just week one and i was like mm. oh cool like we're already learning how to put this stuff into practice um yeah
0: so cool are you using the manutech one the uh, one with the dye and yeah
5: yeah that's right yeah, yeah with the dye and you, you put it on and, and you mix it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it's really that yeah that's something really basic and i know as we you know we, we progress through the course there's going to be a lot more of that which i'm really yeah. excited for and
0: We've got the grow house out there, the shade house. Yep. Uh, that would probably come in handy in a climate like this.
5: 100%. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, there's a lot of practical stuff out here. There's the sheds, all the tools. And, yeah, yeah you just get that, like, that hands-on knowledge. Yeah.
0: 100%. Good. So, let's look into the future, like, 10 or 20 years. Like, do you know what your life's going to look like, do you think? Or are you just following your nose? Or what's the go?
5: No idea. Um, you know, like if you asked me five years ago, you know, would I have seen myself where I currently am? I know. Like, so I don't know where it's taking me. I do. As soon as I enrolled in this course, I got the, I'm like, yeah, I, this was a good decision. Um, sorry, yeah. uh, <laughs> It was a good decision. So like, I felt good about it. And I was like, yeah, like I should have done this ages ago and it's all right. Life takes you on little sidetracks and you do a whole bunch of different things and all, you know, you accumulate knowledge everywhere you go no matter what you do and like there's no wasted time, in my opinion. You you can always incorporate like mm. all your experience, and all. even if it's from a completely seemingly opposite field, mm. um, like you'll find if you dig deep enough, there's you've probably learned something that that's applicable to your current situation. So, totally, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, even there's a thing called therapeutic horticulture. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that. No, I haven't. So, um, it's basically the idea that, well, horticulture is therapeutic so you can work with people who have disabilities or mental health problems and stuff like that and that's just one way that you can provide therapy for people and I'm I'm sort of a huge fan of that. I think that there's nothing more healing than getting your hands in the dirt.
5: Uh, That's really amazing that you said that. Firstly, I I couldn't agree more that things like gardening and and that sort of work are really therapeutic Um, but also, you know, like my current field of work is kind of youth and community work and Mm. I... I all, like. I'm like. I'd love to combine yeah. my love of nature and plants and, and fungi with like that aspect, but I'm not sure mm. where the bridge is. And you've kind of just okay. described it in a way, <laughs> so that's really awesome. So now I'm going to go home and look okay. at therapeutic horticulture yeah. because that just sounds like a perfect marriage of Great. like my, my two. Yeah. My, Two things that I'm really interested yeah. in. So I'll put you in
0: contact with Kate neal from Therapeutic Horticulture Australia. She'll be able to give you some advice.
5: Fantastic! Yeah, that that, that sounds really cool. Cool, bro. Cool. Thanks so much, Rami. No Appreciate worries. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Cheers, man.
0: So I'm here with Monique Taylor. How are you going? Good, good. Yeah. So you're doing the Cert Three in Horticulture. Can you tell me a little bit about like what's led to the decision to study with TAFE New South Wales?
6: Um, I think it started from really growing up. I didn't have – I was horrible at school, Um, but me and my brother would always pair up and we'd go off and play in the garden, and mum and dad could never get us out of it. Um, I changed schools a lot, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I left school, had kids, and then the interest came from them. Uh, hubby stepped down from his job so I could step forward into my career, and I started working for a company called Programmed at the University of New England, um, in Garden, and I just wanted to keep going from there.
0: So, so you started out on the tools um, as an unqualified garden labourer, I suppose, no,
6: straight into an apprenticeship. Straight into an yeah, apprenticeship, yeah, great, yeah. great, was, great. They basically took me at um, my boss's word because his partner worked with my partner in nursing, so. Ah. A bit of a, yeah, a bit of a, a history there, connection-wise. So.
0: Funny how life works like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you just have this inherent, innate passion for plants.
6: Yeah, yeah. Always something uh, like out in the dirt and the mud. and mm-hmm. uh, It's just fascinating watching something kind of emerge out of a seed and just watching it through all the stages of its life and then how the flowers attract all the pollinators and then it just goes from there. Mm.
0: It's just
6: a huge kind of circle.
0: I guess you could say horticulture is a bit of a rabbit hole. Uh, I think that's yeah. an understatement.
6: Yeah, yeah. Just a, yeah, just a little bit. It just there's so many pathways off it. You kind of go in expecting to learn this one thing and then realize there's this whole kind of um it's just like that's that's just the umbrella for everything else that you can branch off from. So
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you start off um, you know, as a home gardener watching a lot of YouTube channels and you think, um, so soil is clay, silt, sand, yeah, yeah, and then cool. carbon. And that's the end of the story. But then you come to TAFE and you learn about cation exchange yeah, and whatever
6: that. that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <We'll> get there. <laughs> yes.
1: <yeah. clears
0: throat> so what are some of the other things that you've learned that have really like sort of blown your mind?
6: I'm It's hard because you're learning new things every day. And then when you put on the spot and you try to think about what you've learned, your brain just comes up with 14 different things and you're like, where do I even start? I think it's just um, how much your soil um, and your place um, kind of uh, like location-wise affects what you can and cannot grow. So acidity or something, the blueberries work great, but if you add something else to it, they just pretty much wither and die. So yeah. th- I think it's, I, I think that's what the big thing. You can't just plonk a, a plant in the ground. You've got to actively kind of look into preparing it properly so it gives it the best
0: chance. So true. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the location again, um, I was visiting my brother's house recently. They've just moved and um, I hadn't seen their house for a couple of years because I live interstate. And they've planted all these morayas um, along their back fence and half of them are about twice as tall as the other half. And I, and I asked my brother, why do you think that those ones are taller than the other? And he said, oh, soil, water runoff. Yeah. I said, no, it's because your house shades that side.
6: <laughs> yeah, 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 it kind of stunts the growth, yeah. <laughs> Poor things. <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, I guess this is the purpose of, um, you know, studying horticulture when you're, you know, if you want to be a landscaper, you should probably study plants. Yeah,
6: yeah. And um, so you're not just throwing in a heap of plants when your client uh, is finished with their hardscaping. You go in with the plants, and you're like, "No, oh, this will look good," and then it dies because you haven't done the research. Yeah. So,
0: and there's always something like it's. It's there's so much to think about. It's really such a careful process. Um, you know, there's just so many factors, and it's exhausting sometimes to really go through it. Um, what does your future look like? Like, which how are you going to exhaust yourself in the future with horticulture?
6: <laughs> I really, really want to get into um, kind of. Conserving pollinators, so and and looking at the natives to, kind of the ecosystem that you're living in. So where I'm from, Gyra, cold climate. So looking at natives that were originally there before we, buggered it up, and trying to in, reintroduce them because we know that that's what's going to benefit and mm. the environment's going to benefit from having them back in there, um, and like keeping the pollinators going because. Well, half of our half of our um, food and resources and stuff come from pollinators. So if they're gone, we our way of life's pretty much buggered. So keeping them up and going and Yeah, yeah. Just
0: And so you're coming at it from the plant angle. I mean, you know, I think of the industry as being almost like an ecosystem with so many different people having different specialties. Yeah, exactly. Like we need insect specialists, we need plant specialists, we need
6: Yeah. Because you don't I don't think a lot of people realise that it's all those little insects, all those little microorganisms that really kind of make the ecosystem what it is. You've mm. got to start at right at the bottom and keeping keeping uh, them healthy and, and kind of thriving is what's going to mm. kind of help everything else progressively.
0: So I'm a plant person and I'm sure that an insect person or you know an animal person would probably have a different point of view but the way I see it it all starts with plants because plants are the ones that are photosynthesizing they're the ones that are introducing carbon into that cycle yeah, and
6: I suppose um I'm big enough to admit that you're probably right on that side as well so I think having a good kind of relationship is is real basis of of all of that so yeah
0: well said so let's look into the future, 10 or 20 years. Like what does your life as a horticulturist and a plant person, like what does that look like? What are you doing?
6: I'm living in Scotland. In Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> uh, my uh, ancestry and I just love, I like the cool climate of Gyra and I just want to um, be in Scotland and just watching how the wet kind of, how it all kind of works together the ecosystem would be completely different mm. to australia's dryness so mm. it'd be absolutely fascinating
0: that's so cool i actually know the um head gardener for beach grove is uh, a guest host on the plants grow here oh, podcast wow
6: <laughs> yeah i'll be listening to them actually yeah
0: <laughs> awesome thank you so much for your time
6: no thank you it was nice meeting
0: so i'm here with casey mappett how are you going How are you? Really well, thanks. So, you know, you're here studying horticulture. What what is it that's led you to this path?
7: Um, I've always had the interest in plants, never had the time or finances, really. And being a mum and having kids sort of was busy for quite a few years, but now they're growing up, Mm -hmm. becoming more independent. Um, And just being able to teach them about everything and yeah I don't know it's like that connection want to learn about all of it and try and find my path in where I want to go because there's so much
1: mm-hmm.
7: when it comes to those things I don't know <laughs>
0: yeah so it sounds like um in you know in life maybe your life has been devoted to other people mm-hmm. and then now's the time for you to be like this is my time
7: yeah, yeah in a way yeah Yeah, my time but at the same time wanna give back and Mm. really learn about how it all happens and Yeah.
0: (laughs) So what is it about horticulture? Like is it about the growing your own food? Is it about just the fascination with plants?
7: Growing my own food, yes. Like I have my veggie garden and we grow quite a lot of veggies, but it's also like the like to do with native plants and fungi and how it all ties in with the ocean and um, like the rainforests and the bugs, mm. um, microclimates, like all pretty much all of it, like the bigger picture. I just yeah. find it so I overwhelmingly. A big
0: fascinating <laughs> <laughs> i'm i can totally relate with that because i'm a big picture person too like i wouldn't say i'm a specialist in any area yeah. like even after 10 years in horticulture like i'm not a specialist in pruning i can prune some things i know when i just need to leave it to the arborist uh, when i just need to stay away so what would you that say hard
7: to pick where to go
0: <laughs> yeah i know it is so what so yeah do you have any ideas of where you'd like to take this these skills that you're learning. Are just going to figure it out as you go along?
7: Yeah, a lot of it, I don't know, I think in one way just learn a lot and be able to educate.
1: Mm.
7: Like I find people when they go, oh, yeah, you've done a certificate in horticulture, they're like, oh, they want to know and they mm-hmm. want to know a bit more about it. I don't know. I just like to have the answers for things when people ask and you know, say they've studied it because they don't mm. tend to listen until you've actually studied it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um yeah I don't really know just just something like there's so much that needs to be fixed is the the biggest thing just somewhere mm. if something comes up and it's I've got the opportunity to go out and do bush regeneration or learn about what we need to do and try and figure it out mm. with people like even talking and you know like this kind mm. of thing. I don't know
0: so you sound like you're following your intuition. Your intuition is saying you need to study horticulture. Don't know what's next, but this is the next step.
7: Yeah, just start because now I've got more time with being a mum mm-hmm. just just to start. And it's already really good.
0: And that raises an interesting question too, like um, is studying only for a job? Maybe it's,
7: maybe it's not. Like it would be beneficial for a job to pay the bills because then I can dedicate my whole time to it. Mm. But at the same time, if I had the opportunity to volunteer and just to be able to do something, mm. like whatever, it doesn't really, mm. wherever it takes me. Like at the minute I work, night feel so. I have all day. <laughs>
4: wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. So do you like working with your hands or do you like the thinking about it and the drawing up of plans more or?
7: Probably a lot of working with hands and just like talking to people and mm. – solving problems, you know what I mean? Like, I would really like to be in that, trying to figure out how to, whether to get everyone more aware of things and, like, how do we fix it, mm. like all that kind of stuff. You know so way. what
0: problems speak to you in particular?
7: Um Global warming, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, just getting more people. It still amazes me to this day, the people that don't believe in it. Yeah. Um, like to do with pollution and resources and the warming and anything like that just yeah trying to get the biggest thing we need to do is to get governments to change things but each individual you know what I mean Yeah, be more aware try and have an impact would be nice
0: yeah Yeah. in our own way you know each of us can do it we can't all do everything but each of us can take up our own you know our own um, trowel and (laughs) dig part of it (laughs) but until
7: the government goes we need to change this it's not going to be a but the more people that do it by themselves they'll go oh Mm. it's a a chain reaction kind of thing
0: couldn't agree more so I've been asking everybody a question and I'm not sure if it applies to you or not I've been asking everyone what does your life look like in 10 or 20 years? Do you have an answer for that or is it just follow your nose and who knows where you'll be?
7: Yeah. I have no idea. I just hope it's something to do with horticulture or the environment in some kind of way because I really am passionate about it. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Um, Do you have access to a resource where you can just browse, like, all the different parts of the industry? Mm. Because I have one, if you'd like one. Yeah, no, I don't. So, if you head to hortpeople.com, it's the job board that I built. I've got over 60 categories of um, jobs that you can just browse through. So, it's stuff from, like, production nursery, which is where you grow the plants, um, you know, wholesale and resale nurseries where you're selling the plants, Then there's design, construction, maintenance onto even stuff like truck driving and stuff like that. Like all of these jobs are really important within our our industry and um, particularly natural resource management as well is a good one. Um, You know, we've got these weeds that are spreading. Uh, Mm. Someone needs to control them.
6: Mm.
0: We've got other issues like um, soil issues, all sorts.
7: And things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: That sounds like a good report hortpeople.com as in horticulture people and it's a job board too cool thank you thanks so much for your time if you're a student or looking to plan your own career head to hortpeople.com where you'll find a bunch of resources including over 100 blog articles i've written to help you build the skills to get your dream job in this industry you can browse over 60 job categories on the job search page which can help you plan out the different steps in your career whether you're looking to progress into upper management or you'd rather niche down into green infrastructure, integrated pest management, soil science or any other related sector. You can also apply for jobs and upload your resume so that employers can chase you for a change. It's completely free for job seekers so you have nothing to lose. If you've got a spare moment right now, check out the links in the show notes.